1: Hello, this is Benjamin Boyce and welcome to the Boyce of Reason podcast slash the Benjamin a Boyce YouTube channel. Today's guest, as a part of my ongoing series on gender, sexuality, and transition, is in fact a biologist who teaches somewhere in the Midwest. She was actually a biologist, a biology professor, at the Evergreen State College and moved on to other pastures. I don't know if they're technically greener pastures, because again, that's the Pacific Northwest that she left, and now she's somewhere in the Midwest, which I think is more just tundrific rather than forestated, like we are here. Anyhow, the content of this discussion is about the biology of gender. Now, gender meaning sex in this specific discussion, and the effects of testosterone on the development of an entity. Robin works with mice, but we talk about the similarities between what happens with mice and their development and what happens with humans. Now, this discussion is a bit apropos of the current kind of controversy or the discussion around the Olympics and around sports and around who qualifies or should qualify as a female. This particular discussion isn't really that political. This is more just informative. So you are free to take your own conclusions. Or are you with the points as they, you know, suit or don't suit your own uh, research and experience and so on. That all said, here is Robin Forbes-Lorman.
0: Hello.
1: What's your official title? You're you're just um, a biologist. Are you an evolutionary biologist? No. Okay.
0: Um I am a biologist, assistant assistant professor at Ripon College, and my specialty I would say is behavioral neuroendocrinology. Um, okay. and I teach anatomy and physiology here.
1: And you so. do research too, right? Yeah. With I little study mice-y sex things.
0: Differences in rats Um so using a rat model, um, looking at hormones and um, development. That's okay. the behavioral neuroendocrinology, so the brain and hormones, um, how hormones relate to the brain and behavior. Okay. And then I studied a model of, of sex differences in the, in, the, in the brain.
1: Okay. And in what way does your research on mice potentially map onto, sorry, rats, onto the, the humanoid?
0: So we study, um, you know, a lot of the brain regions in rats are comparable enough that we can look at the role of certain brain regions um, and developmental processes that how hormones affect them, certain gene expression, um, but then relate to how the brain is organized. Um, And Mm -hmm. of course, there's differences between rats and humans but it's like any basic research it tells us a piece of the story that can tell us about brain development um models for social be for certain disorders such as um social behaviors depressant like behaviors that are not perfect correlates but we can look at behaviors and rodents that are of interest to certain disorders in humans
1: okay and the whole sex Topic is pretty well. I guess it's an anciently incendiary topic. That's
0: I suppose so, yeah, it goes back Um, quite
1: a ways, right?
0: Right, and then there's been differences in so, on one hand, there's a push to look at more sex differences in terms of a lot of the research we've done in physiology, for example, and medical in the medical field has focused on males. So then we're giving there's been cases where we're either overdosing females or giving them. A drug, so actually, Zolpidem, um, Ambien is a, a big one that we were, turns out we were overdosing females on this drug for oh. years because it was studied in males, right? So the doses, how it's metabolized, you know, liver enzymes, how the liver functions, is all studied in, in males. Of course, one thing's just a weight difference. Um, but even besides that, there's physiological processes that are different in females that weren't studied. Um, so it's, on one hand, there's a push to study females as a, a a subset of humans that need to be um, looked at. On the other hand, there's a lot of controversy around it in terms of, well, when are the differences? When aren't there? When do they matter? And when you get to the behavior and cognitive aspect, right, that's where you get to the whole Google memo thing of when do the differences matter and when don't they and who, how do we interpret some of that data?
1: And then how do we act on that? I guess interpret and then act on that.
0: Right. What do we, what do we do about that? So definitely the difference in, in medicine Versus kind of the behavior, I, people see it differently. To me, it's I'm a biologist, right? So I see um, differences as biology, and then of course, what we do about that biology, how we act on it, is partially sometimes outside of my field, but also is, um, yeah. it's nuanced, right? And yeah, um, and it's, it's culturally not informed, right?
1: So have you been affected or have you any thoughts or considered about the uh, it seems like a certain sort of gender ideology is trying to reinterpret science or at least try to uh, abolish our idea of sex, at least in like Nature, I believe, is pushing the magazine Nature has published a, a couple articles that are trying to abolish the idea that there is any sex difference and it seems like that is informed not by science itself but more of a gender theory have you seen that taking place at all are you pretty uh just focusing on the data and
0: i'm mostly focused on the data myself i did so i taught a course this semester on um the biology of sex and gender differences so we did we approached it from a biological standpoint but we considered right what is sex what's gender and why are we looking at when does sex... First of all, the profit mechanisms, right? So sex differences, there is a whole lot of biology we understand, a really cool biology um, about how males and females are differentiate and then how that also can sometimes is not always as clear-cut, And it's, these um, differences of sexual development that are coming up in sports right now, right? Yeah. Um, but then... And i mostly stuck with that. We did get a little bit into, right, thinking about, okay, what when does this matter for, um, when doesn't this matter too? So And how do we decide, right? So looking at the um, some of the meta-analyses on cognition and when. Hmm. Um, so I guess I haven't been personally affected by, you know, I still stick with, okay, this is the biology. We're going to look at it. These are differences. How what we decide to do about that is someone <laughs> I mean, someone else's decision. Um, yeah, and I don't think I've seen those nature articles that you're. Um, I'm sorry, well, what is the argument?
1: Uh, a uh, evolutionary biologist uh, named Colin Wright on Twitter uh, rebuts them uh, pretty thoroughly. And also, I believe last week the New York Times uh, also ran an op ed. That was pushing the narrative that uh, sex doesn't really matter or sex is socially constructed. And mm-hmm. and specifically, if I'm recalling correctly, uh, Colin is taking down a univariate analysis of sex differences to say that there's no one single uh, way that the sexes are differentiated because it's always a variable within any given one level of analysis. But if you look at multivariate analysis of sex differences, there's very uh, pretty strong corollary between our difference between males and females. If you look at different levels at one point. And
0: using the term sex, not gender.
1: Yeah.
0: That's true. Hmm.
1: And did you study or have you considered, uh, I I believe you contacted me while you were running last quarter's or semester's course about this topic. Uh, You investigated a little bit about the trans uh, issue or or I guess the the trans
0: research. So when we got to the brain, so and I studied the brain. So we in the course we went through, you know, sexual differentiation of the the genitals and that happens early in development, and then brain differentiation happens after that. And of course, it's more complicated because brains are complicated. Um, but we got when we got there, um, we touched upon the bi- the biological basis of transgenderism. Um, mm-hmm. So and what we know about it, it's really hard to study. We, we, you, it, the hard thing is, you know, in an animal model, we can't, there is no gender. Um, so, first, one thing important is to define what I mean by sex and gender, maybe, right? Okay. So, sex is biological sex, which itself is not simple. We spent most of the quarter um, semester, now you got me thinking quarters, we're semesters here, um, most of the semester talking about just what is biological sex, and that itself being, um, a complicated process with multiple steps where things that can be disor- differences in sexual development. Um, and then we got to a little bit of the brain, which is when I start to talk about gender, because um, gender can also involve a self-identification piece. So is, to me, there's a big debate about whether it, right, is gender a social construct. Yeah. Um, and I personally, I, I define it as yes, because it's something that humans, it's a term that humans have come up with right? So other species don't have gender. They have biological sex. Um, So gender is something that applies. I'm studying rats. I'm studying non-human primates. I'm studying whatever species. I'm talking about sex, sex differences. In humans, I'm talking about sex differences too most of the time if I'm talking about biology. But um, people do study gender differences in um, cognition, for example. And to me, that would be a gender difference because we're looking at A um, well, it really depends on how you get your data. You're asking these people to self identify um, their gender, and 99% of the time, it's going to be the same as their biological sex. So, what was the transgender issues came up when we we talked about you know, what is the biology we know about transgender um, individuals being a very difficult thing to study because we have no rodent model, right? We don't, we can't ask rats what their gender is. Yeah. And that's why I use the term sex. Um, so we touched a little bit upon the the, um, the biology that we do know and how we study it, um, and mostly in terms of the biology of what we know about the brain um, mm-hmm. opposed to in terms of persistence and distance in, in those um, categories. So when studying
1: the cognitive development and then studying how the sex influences cognition or the development of cognition. Um, Is there like a kind of a step up into the realm of gender? Like the more social an animal is, the more complex the brain is. And that gives rise is gender built upon sex.
0: Yeah, I I would say, yes. So how I actually have drawn out a little flow chart for myself before, and we did it in class as well. So going from, well, first of all, the steps involved in sexual differentiation to create, our biology um, but then the brain being more of actually mosaic in terms of you could have different parts of the brain doing slightly different things um, and then I, I see gender as another like layer on top of that that has a social mm-hmm. influence of how do, how do I see myself as a biological female fitting in to society as a female but that's to me that's kind of built on on top another layer on top um, that is again most of the time, associated with your biological sex. Um, and there's a place there for what I see as a, um, you know, deviation from that
1: hmm.
0: layer that already happened um, where people can, and some of that, sometimes that's because of the intersex, right? There's all kinds of crossover from um, biological female to biological male that can occur. And sometimes that can be associated with, um, with gender identity as well. But sometimes we don't have, it, it's really just at the level of the the, the brain um, and, Mm -hmm. Gender identity, I think being something that humans as Mm -hmm. highly socially evolved and highly cognitively, how we fit into the world, right? That's something that we have that other species, I I don't think, right, have. Um, Mm -hmm. And that gets a little beyond my area of expertise in terms of that. We're getting into, you know, gender identity and how we fit into the world. Psychological piece there as well. But
1: at the same time, are you confident in your understanding or do you have some understanding of how being female affects one's cognition and how uh, being a male affects one's cognition or at least behavior?
0: Um, That's kind of a big question. Um, do you mean any specific behaviors or just that, that, that it does? You mean how that...
1: That, that it does, I guess. Like right. just to... Uh, Okay. We both were at Evergreen for a period of time. And one of the truisms at Evergreen that I heard would pop up kind of out of nowhere is that gender is a social construct and that everybody knows that gender is a social construct. I had a history professor just say that in the middle of a lecture, like fact, fact, gender is a social construct, fact, fact, fact. And I never really saw how that was broken down. I kind of understand now that there's a political implication to saying that gender is a social construct, but I want to, I I still think that in order to say that we need to kind of really grapple with how is sex informing our gender? How is right. biology backing up my behaviors or, or kind of pushing right. me in a certain, certain pattern of behavior?
0: And that's, that's again how I see it is I would agree that gender is a social construct, but that's in terms of the language, right? That's the, that's a term we use as a social, this level of gender identity that other species don't have, but are, I would also argue that our, our gender is, 99 percent informed by our biology right that that's what is um and of course individual variability and, and brains are complex and we've got a whole other layer there but most of the time right your biological sex is what is um influencing and determining your gender that mm-hmm. doesn't mean it always does mm-hmm. um and and there are hypo, you know hypo- biological bases of you know, brain differences we found in individuals tra- with tra- who are transgender. Um, there's hmm. some biological um, theories about why this happens in terms of developmental mismatch in between between when your genitals develop and your brain um, develops, and that there can be that the brain is more of a mosaic of hmm. masculine, and feminine traits. Um, okay. But, uh, again, they're, the biggest thing that determines males and females, we haven't gone through this yet, but the biggest thing is t- testosterone, during, um, especially during early development, is it's a huge difference, right? That, that males have this testosterone acting in the brain, and females don't. Um, there's actually some theories, though, it's really interesting to show that there's biological um, bases for actually decreasing sex differences. So we've got this huge effect of testosterone. There's some data that there's... Um, Hmm. other factors that actually reduce that so that there's actually evolution mechanisms to reduce sex differences in behavior that would be even greater because of this huge biological difference we have in testosterone
1: what, what do you mean by that that uh, the social climate in which a child is being developed in the womb might inform how that testosterone or the brain is interacting with the testosterone yeah
0: and again i said so sony is with, with rodents that um Okay. How that really plays in humans is definitely more complex. If we've got, yeah. you know, parents who are deliberately doing things—not yeah. better—but um, so, but like you say, bottle. you subject
1: a, a mother to stress while she's gestating the mice, and and then you you look at the effect of behavior afterwards. Is that
0: right? And that could affect males and females differently. Right yeah. is one, one thing. Um, there's also there's some evidence, like for example, in rodents, that maternal care in mater- like, the mother takes care of the pups. That they do so slightly differently in mothers, um, male and female pups, and that's actually acts oh, okay. to reduce sex differences that exist oh. already, right? So, I mean, the, but kind of the point is that there are huge biological sex differences, right? Um, and there's evolutionary reason for that, for, for those, um, in terms of this huge this testosterone that is present in early life um, is important for development of the male genitalia there's some evidence that there might be some mechanisms that act in the brain to actually kind of counteract that. Hmm. Um, the difference in the brain, it's not saying they don't exist. It's not saying they're not, that they do our, are, are, but that there's other ways that we, because okay. that, um, influence on genitals has to be so big, there's other mechanisms that help to reduce that.
1: Yeah, on the um, brain. It's
0: interesting, right? Not all sex differences mean, well, first of all that we're saying anything's better or worse right yeah. I, i'm studying males and females i'm not saying that males or females are, are worse or better in this way just because they're different um and then some differences also might not differences in biology might not always correspond to differences in behavior I yeah guess.
1: which could have to do with upbringing or the state of the mother mm-hmm. during gest- gestation there's all these other inputs that are going on in the organism as it develops right It may be
0: actually important evolutionarily as well, some some of those. um,
1: Do you you have an idea of when testosterone was uh, started to be used by uh, biology as a mechanism or as something in order to differentiate the sexes? Do you know, like, when in the development or the evolutionary development of creatures?
0: Interesting question. Um, So to get at that, I would say we have to get at evolution of the testes, right? So the testes are what produce testosterone. Um, Testes are due to this uh, SRY gene in humans. So the SRY gene is uh, in most mammals, the testes determining factor. So it's a a gene that, you know, and I'm not sure how long this is. I'm not, again, I'm not an evolutionary biologist, but um, the mammalian sexual differentiation is different than other species so long ago there was autosomes so our most of our chromosomes are autosomal chromosomes they're not sex chromosomes we have 23 um chromosomes and a long time ago we didn't have sex chromosomes right this this is a ancient ancestor of ours and the the still
1: still mammalian ancestor do you think
0: yeah yeah. Um, because like birds have a different mechanism of sexual differentiation. So there's birds have male and female, they have completely different chromosomes that do it. They have an X and a W, which I know nothing about besides that we have X and Y birds have Z and W, which is just a completely different way of doing it. Um, and this Y chromosome that males have actually evolved, we would we think from the X. Um, so over time, this, Chromosome evolved and uh, somehow acquired this testes determining factor, this protein that then initiates this cascade to create testes. Um, somehow that was very beneficial. Um, and hmm. the benefit of having two sexes is, you know, increased genetic diversity. Um, how that evolved over time is definitely beyond what that has been studied, right, of how, the Y chromosomes history, evolutionary history is a whole area of study. Yeah. Um, but a big reason the testes matter is they make testosterone. <laughs> Not the only reason, but uh, a big reason. Um, and that's where it gets into the so testosterone levels at different time points. The testes are developmentally, you know, produce testosterone at different time points. Some of those huh. time points are now known to be important for internal genitalia um, to develop, external there's a separate time period. We know where brain differentiation occurs and that's getting back to that developmental mismatch hypothesis that um, the time point for when genitalia and the brain are um, masculinized is one word that's used, right? Um, Are are different time points. Um, And then you have puberty as well. is another time point where you have this surge in testosterone that um, seems to be important in for male development.
1: And is the, the, the testes, Develop or the the genitals uh, go in the direction of male and female before the brain does. Right. Okay. And and right. the, and the, in, in the genitals go and then the brain right. based on what's happening down below.
0: Based on what's happening down below, right? But and it's it's, interesting, it's different. Um, so testosterone is a, is a hormone, right? It's broken down. It has metabolites um, that act as well on different receptors. So the process by which the brain is organized. Is hmm. a little different. It's it's different metabolites that act on different receptors um, at a different time point as well. And <laughs> different, yeah.
1: Female female still produce testosterone.
0: So females have testosterone some from the adrenal glands as okay. do males, small amounts. Um, and that's that's the main source. There also can be um, low levels in conditions like polycystic and ovarian syndrome. Um, it gets, but much overall much lower levels. So males are much more variable. Their male range can range from um, hmm. quite a, a wide range, and females tend to be tend to be under five animals per liter, um, which is that key number in the um, the current okay. Olympic requirements. Okay. Um, unless there's something else going on which could be, you know, you know, a, a tumor um, as well as, as testes or yeah. females with testes um, as well.
1: So if we going into that sports discussion, it seems like it's politically fraught because, again, people have this notion of gender and sex. And there's a, when we're speaking about sports, we're speaking about physical performance. We're not speaking about cultural or identity or anything exactly. else.
0: The word gender should not be used, I don't think, when talking yeah. about you know gender testing, gender verification. That makes no sense.
1: Okay. Um, yeah.
0: To, to me, it makes sense to talk. We have what there has biological categories of male and female that we have decided are important, right, to keep enough fe- females be able to be competitive. Um, and some people might not think that's important, but that's what's the first question is. do you think that there should be a separate women's category? Um, a lot of people do say yes. And then that's a biological category, right? And how we, the history of how we've decided that has been really interesting, right? used to be, Hmm. um, do you have a Y chromosome? If so, you're a male. And then we realized, oh, you know, there's, this is not working. We have females here who have a a Y chromosome, but are, they're females, Um, Hmm. biological females, right? So I don't mean gender identity. I don't mean they're transgender. They're not transgender. Um, There was actually a, 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 Box report that said Caster Semenya was, is a transgender. It's, that's, they later apologized, I guess. Um, yeah, okay. she so did realize that that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about someone who has, we're deciding whether she is female or male, right? That's a biological, and it's yeah. a hard question. <laughs> Harder than you think. Yeah. For something that is, is primarily, and 99% of the time is binary.
1: Um, yeah. So when, and I guess, That's where the controversy comes and not just controversy, but the, uh, the interest factor of a story Mm -hmm. like this, the, the margins are what's the most interesting to us. Something that is the exception is the most interesting to us. Like, uh, I don't want to mispronounce her name, but, uh, the, the runner. uh, Kastor Semenya. 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 Um, So I was just reading some articles about her and one said that she is XY, but it linked to a, another article and it didn't seem to tell me enough about it, but
0: right. I believe that her medical records have not been released. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of theory about what she is, which on one hand feels kind of weird to me to be talking about yeah. this individual's and what she might be. On the other hand, I, I like to believe that the more we understand the biology, that the more fair we could ultimately be. And the extreme hmm. case not understanding her biology is to call her a transgender individual right that's wrong <laughs> so to me that it makes sense to me to and at one point i know she was going there was some maybe some test leaks there was she was going to share more results than she, now she is i'm not sure um mm-hmm. but there's definitely um some that i believe is at least accepted to be known about her biology in terms of yeah. um
1: yeah But then there's there's so there's that case, which uh, there's enough ambiguity to say that she always identified and thought she was female from Mm -hmm. the get go, uh, you know, and and rose up through the ranks. And then there's other cases of transgender, uh, you know, males who were males went through male puberty and then identified as the other sex like there was a. Uh, some track uh, stuff that happened, I believe, in North Carolina, where two trans women just completely blew away all the females in the category. Mm-hmm. Of, I think it was a, it was a sprint of some sort, and th- that's a whole other controversy, right? Right.
0: So these are individuals who have either surgically transitioned or lowered testosterone levels. I think it's the current yeah. requirement is that if you're going from a male to female um, transition and trying to to compete that there's a um, testosterone level, which is not going to change. But so the question is, what is the impact of hormones up to that point? And through development, through puberty, do those matter too? Um, that, that's a quite a question I think you're yeah. getting at. It's a different question than circulating. So there's circulating testosterone, which is Castro Semenya's um, question, right? Is what what levels matter that are circulating? Versus levels that you've been brought up with, which actually do apply to Castor Semenya as well, right? She did have whatever testosterone she has now, she's had throughout development as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But there are different time points that we – and that's that's where my research does look at a bit is what's the role of, for example, testosterone. I don't look at athletics for my um, – my own research in, in rats—that'd be really interesting, though. Um, but what is the impact of testosterone at different time points, and then how is that different than circulating levels? Um,
1: so, what are some of those uh, impacts then? Just to be clear, just to—it's probably pretty obvious, but.
0: So the circulating levels, right? That—that's the, the biggest one that's been. And there's a, a, actually another female trans, transgender athlete, Joanna Harper, who. Is a So she's a, a male the female um, transgender individual who I believe is a runner and she is a physiologist, I believe. So she's studying some of these impacts. And her argument is that circulating testosterone is what matters the most, right? So m- on muscle mass um, and, and performance. Um,
1: and so by circulating testosterone, that means to say that the body produces this. It's not injected as opposed to...
0: And I also mean that it's present at that time. So the other word for it was activating. So it is um, in someone who has testes that are active. So at your post puberty, especially, you've got circulating throughout your body um, the effects of that testosterone. If you were to um, go through a surgical transition or, or take drugs to lower testosterone, you no longer have that those same levels, right? Versus. Um, There are certain conditions, we talked Mm. about female's testosterone before, there's a condition called um, congenital adrenal hyperplasia, CAH in females, that results in high levels of testosterone, early in development, so that testosterone, during the time point either of um, genital differentiation or brain differentiation, so early life, can have different effects on the body that's lasting, because it's during the developmental time point.
1: like what and, effects? Like not necessarily hairier or more uh, stout, right, or, as, but, but so more no cognitive? Or,
0: right. So it would be more much more subtle. And we don't, in terms of impacts of hormones during, hmm. so this would be po- um, in your utero and early after birth. The impact of that testosterone on athletic performance, I don't believe we know anything about. I would be surprised if there were big effects. Cause at that point, the that testosterone is primarily acting to literally create internal um, male hmm. structures, external male structures, as well as brain, um, typical male sex behavior. There's some other behaviors that, are, that tend to be different in male and females that are set organized okay. during that time.
1: Would you, uh, would, are we talking about something that like object oriented versus people oriented, that kind of thing. Is that what you're talking about? Well, and again,
0: or... this is my work is either mostly in rodents okay, or yeah. we have the work in females with the, the CAH. So the, those females who do have high le- levels of testosterone, that's kind of the one way we study it in humans, right? We don't inject testosterone into humans um, during early life, um, but we do have those models, right? So individuals with, with um, CAH, those females I do believe there's some data about their play behavior, for example, so social play behavior and and ways they play and things they play with. Um, Play behavior is one of those that's somewhat controversial in terms of sex differences in in rough and tumble play has been Mm -hmm. found. It's very context dependent. Sometimes males have been found to play more than females, um, both in rodents, um, primates, non-human and human. Um, but it does seem to be very social. There's some social Mm -hmm. aspects to that as well. So context dependent, there's definitely parental influence on that, um, in terms of toy preference. Um, but there is some, some data with these these females with CAH. And the biggest one is actually, is actually homosexuality that about 30% of these, these females are are, are, tend to be homosexual. Um, so there's, you know, that is one piece of evidence to the role of testosterone influencing the brain and behavior during early life. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's much infl- data we have. Puberty, then, that's when these secondary sex characteristics, so hair, body mass, you know, yeah. skeletal muscle size, voice deepening, that's the time when those are starting to develop. So testosterone okay. during puberty, um, with males have higher levels that as well, um, that would be when I think the question of, is there an advantage to going through puberty as a male? Does that the advantage of that last? Into athletic performance, into adulthood, um, or beyond puberty, and that I don't believe we have good data on either. But that would be something. I think that's the concern of some a, a secondary concern besides the levels that are circulating. So let's say you go yeah. through puberty as a biological male, you have testes, you have its high levels of testosterone throughout puberty. You develop differently than you would if you didn't have that testosterone. Yeah. Um, and then you decide to transition. So you, you decide you're, you're a female and you transition to a female. Maybe that's surgically, maybe that's um, lowering testosterone levels. Um, and it, hmm. this, so the question is, if you do lower those levels, was there still an advantage if you going through puberty as a male? And I think there's not much evidence to say that there is. At, at this point, the um, requirements, the um, IAAF oh. does allow it's all about that circulating level. So as long as you okay. change that, and that's what's consistent with what we're asking, what they're now asking for Castor Semenia is to lower that level of her circulating testosterone to hmm. be in the female range. So um,
1: are you saying that we don't really have data one way or the other, if it's circulating testosterone that gives you the uh, performative edge versus the, uh, the way in which your body developed before, this moment that you're in. I think we
0: don't have good data on either. So the whole, um, I don't know if you've read more much about the, the paper that this whole Castro Semenya is the, uh, the one who's being um, influ- it, influenced by this most publicly, at least, right. There are yeah. other individuals, other, other athletes that are going to be impacted by this, the ruling. Um, but the study that there's a lot of controversy behind the study that looked at the, they were looking at the role of testosterone in athletics and trying to correlate. So that it is, they took a bunch of individuals and, and divide them into tertiles, which is a great word. Um, so what does groups it of, mean exactly? So tertiles would be sort of quartiles for it's three groups.
1: Okay. okay. So three different
0: so high, medium and low testosterone. And then looking at the, um, athletic performance in those three groups. And I haven't read the details on this. I know that there are, um, concerns about the, data that like the who like missing individuals um the data analysis they did and there's been actually a call for a call for the retraction of that paper yeah this is the paper that determined that five nanomole criteria um so hmm. there's some evidence that testosterone is advantageous for athletic performance i personally circulating
1: think- testosterone circulating
0: testosterone I think that that needs to be refined and and redone. And despite the science behind it is right now that if there's this much questioning of the data, that's not a good sign. Okay. Um,
1: But what what do you think uh, you would be able to say about what does circulating testosterone do for somebody in a competitive environment? Like what does that activate? Like, I guess the frame of mind, like the, the, the desire to dominate, like what is it?
0: Right. So, well, so, and probably I mean, it's a good point. Probably more than one thing. It probably is, you know, testosterone and uh, aggression, or potentially competitive edge. But there's definitely something. You know, I think the idea is there's something physical there as well with,
1: okay, um, okay,
0: you know, m- muscle mass, for example. Um,
1: okay, which can can go away once one is off testosterone. Like it right. uh, It's more fluid. Right,
0: and that's and that's uh, You know, and so the, the question of this is how. Do, hmm. How do we decide who's male and who's female? And it's 99% of the time, it's pretty clear cut. And it's probably never going to be perfect. <laughs> yeah.
1: um, okay.
0: You know, the, the role of those, those hormones during puberty, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to figure Not even figure that out. But we have to decide what criteria, have some criteria that we're going to use. Yeah. Um, and to, to me, it does make most sense to, you know, the circulating testosterone, so what the current levels are. Um, that makes some sense to me, especially from where we've come from in terms of looking at um, hmm. Y chromosome or the SRY gene. Those don't make any sense to me because we have a lot of cases where we know those that doesn't work. Okay. We've got yeah. females with, with testes um, or females with the SRY gene where they're not, they're still biologically female. And that's pretty... Hmm. Fairly clear-cut. Um, the thing that's, you might know, be makes me say we're never going to, I don't know if we're ever going to have a 100% great divide. So, Cassius Semenya is a really interesting case because she probably doesn't have functioning receptors for testosterone. Hmm. So, right, you have testosterone, and then you mm-hmm. have to be able to have these proteins that detect it and okay. allow your body to respond to it. And there's several cases of individuals, it's called, it's called androgen insensitivity syndrome. Um, where you're not sensitive to androgens, and there's plenty of cases where um females can be female. um like you never they would never know this was a case until they didn't go through puberty um, or di- didn't um hmm. they didn't, didn't start menstruating. Um, and it's it's likely, again, it seems strange to talk about her biology when we don't know it that that yeah. castromania has a, a partially functional receptor.
1: okay, so yeah. that it's That's it's
0: functioning. A bit, um, and she she does have a slightly more masculine characteristics than than other people with this same um, mm-hmm. genetic condition, but we don't know her genetic condition either. Um, but that she is she is biologically female it's a really gray area right um Mm -hmm. and again we don't know for sure but um i I think we pretty much know she has has testes that's pretty high levels of testosterone but there's differences in the receptor and there can be all different kinds of mutations in the receptor that could result in zero functionality to Hmm. some all the way up to actually you could have the same condition and have someone be phenotypically a a male um Mm -hmm. i don't think that's as common but
1: it seems like it's much easier to uh, study or observe uh, competitive edge of like a, a, in a, I guess, stereotypical masculine competitive environment or, or something where uh, something needs to happen right now. But is there a feminine or a female competitive edge where certain females are better at other behaviors? They have an edge at, and... I guess you study mice so within that framework or in that in those situations what what makes a good female uh or or somebody who's like a cutting edge uh female uh biology like better at raising children better at right. social interaction
0: right because is that rats, studyable yeah so with rats right you, you things you look at in, in rat behavior would be maternal behavior <laughs> um and rats are different than humans in that. Right, there is the the male does not participate in okay. parental behavior, right? So that's one difference there. Um, there would be male aggression at certain times, right? Really, and that could be related to when the male mated. So, in um in the lab, that's a little artificial, right? But um,
1: wait, uh, g- just for a moment, are you saying that that the way and the the moment in which the male reproduces, or I guess inseminates the female like the the state of his physiology informs his children like in that moment
0: like um were
1: you saying something about aggression how aggressive the father is
0: yeah i was saying that there is so there the the male rats don't participate in in paternal care but there are you know increased levels of like a, a way to get a male rat to be aggressive would be pair him with a female and then have an intruder come right um but I guess that's more of uh, a mating-related behavior than okay, okay. Okay. Once the offspring are there, we don't want those males in that cage anymore. They're, they're
1: because they will kill. them. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and is that yeah. because they're hungry or because they they're jealous? You think?
0: Good question. Um, <laughs> probably not because they're hungry, right? <laughs> they, they get barbed Breath plenty of food. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, that's a good question in terms of, um, you know, just not in their their biology to um, and I don't know about rates. Right. In terms of like, I know we've it, it's happened in, in the lab. Typically, we don't let it happen because we don't have the male in there. Um, and in the wild, the female is going to go off by herself anyway. Okay. Um, so I don't know much about right and how common it is versus um, just kind of like a side effect of being in a tight quarters in a lab cage. If you're. Yeah. OK. Which, again, is not the we, we don't. Yeah, we don't study that specifically, but, um, so I I might've
1: framed it wrong, but I'm just trying to like, understand we, we have a lot of discussions in our society about the, 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 at least in sports, it's like how masculine are you are. Mm Or, or how test, how much testosterone you are is just going to make you more of a competitive edge, right? So right. so we're, okay. we're looking at the male rubric of of, of winning, or we, we're we're looking at a right. specific way of measuring what the biology is doing. I'm just wondering, okay. is there another way of measuring biology that would orient it towards like a more female, like right? How?
0: Probably. So uh, similar to in the medical field, females being understudied in terms of you know drug responses, and that being a, a downside for understanding female biology. Even in the rodent world, females <laughs> are understudied because of their circulating hormones. People so again, circulating hormones. In females, what that means is cycle, right? So females have this um mm. cycling of estrogen progesterone, and progesterone in rats, it's, it's every four to five days that they're oh, through their cycle. So That's a, a lot, lot of cramps time, researchers don't want to study that, right? It's a pain, like you don't wanna have either you have to know where they are in their cycle or manipulated or so um not to say that there aren't research who studies study females specifically um and i'm, I'm actually planning to do a study in the fall that's looking at um actually i'm going to be looking at cognitive behavior across the estrous cycle so i'll be looking at changes in cognition um hmm. across the estrous cycle because it's not studied very much because again it's males are testosterone's easier to manipulate it's males i mean their levels probably do vary but we kind of ignore it It it's like okay males have testosterone easy to study um in my work sometimes we even give low levels of testosterone to females in order to just kind of give them Hmm. make them simpler right so the female (laughs) biology even in rats i think is understudied
1: you're saying that no matter what the female is is a mystery and and uh, and a riddle that that everybody's
0: (laughs) 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 Yes. yeah
1: Hmm. But but so because of the cycle of the female, that makes the the female much more complex of right. a, of an organism to, to really right. understand because there's always this variability um,
0: that probably in reality does exist more in males than we like to okay, believe. Yeah. But yes, we, we do. I come. I often say that to my students. I'm like, yeah, females are more complex, and when you teach, you know, when I teach um,
1: hmm.
0: puberty. In females, it takes a lot more work for students to learn females because of that menstrual cycle, which is actually a really cool example of biology. Are, and
1: you're speaking about mammals or just rats mammals. or humans, too? Not
0: just rats. Humans as well. Okay. Right. So, um, like, sperm production in males is pretty simple.
1: Okay. Um, it's just females, like on.
0: Right. Right, <laughs> and it's constant, hmm. and then I mean, it's, it's still it's, it's you know still complex. You know, biology in general is, is pretty complex, but compared to the female menstrual cycle, um, hmm. but and part of the reason we maybe we say females are more complex is also because they're understudied. So when we understand something, yeah. we, we understand the menstrual cycle pretty well, um, but you know, there's still I know there's still research who you know debate whether um, female mood differs throughout the menstrual cycle. Um, you, you know now is called premenstrual dysphoric disorder, um, okay. like PMS, right. Um, oh. so still, hmm. and of course that's probably variable, very variable amongst different females, yeah. right. How they experience that. But, um, what,
1: what's, uh, some of the, uh, I, I guess we, we have to wrap this up pretty soon. You got to go, but yeah. uh, you, you brought up something about like the, the female development. Like you said, it was really fascinating. and Interesting. Could you just, it seems like some of the topics that I'm covering have to do with uh, the one thing that I'm trying to study or, or give uh, interviews about is rapid onset gender dysphoria, which seems to be affecting females specifically. And there's research to show that uh, females within a certain age range are very susceptible to a, a social uh, contagion or or they they manifest um a, a similar way of processing uh, despair or like a psychological discomfort they all converge um, on, on the same problem, such as anorexia. Like, like that was a very not fashionable. I don't mean that, uh, in in, a slanderous way, but it seems that, that there's something about the female development that makes them very susceptible to, to a kind of a group behavior. I'm wondering like if you've seen that or studied that or, or what would, what's going on in the female when she's going through puberty that would, that, that is much more complex or, or has a different social, um, implication than Mm -hmm. what the male is going through?
0: It's a really interesting question. Um, My first answer is I'm not sure. Um, In terms of stuff, right, so I guess one thing is, it's what maybe potentially one difference, right, is female is kind of the, it's not really this way, but it's the default system. (laughs) Okay. Um, And that's why there's a lot of ways to default back to being female. So if there's a mutation in Hmm. um the, the androgen receptor that that's going to be typically female so i was wondering if and that, that that testosterone in males is constantly um so this, these surges of testosterone i talked about before during early life that are acting to masculinize that system and i was wondering if something maybe unique with that the hormones in females in puberty kind of being the first time that there's really large those, high levels of in that case estrogen and progesterone are are being experienced that maybe there's something with um Hmm. with that being the system but other than that i'm not sure about the difference between um the social influence on females versus versus males and how you'd
1: Hmm. study
0: that in in rats um are you
1: uh, you said that there's certain brain structures that develop and then and then you just said that that female's kind of the de- default uh in the womb and utero like cognitive development how does the do we know do we understand like how the the female uh cognition develops as opposed to the male
0: I'd say no, okay. just because that that male and female cognition as a thing is it, that would be something that's huge overlap right and yeah, yeah, there's not a at that level of the brain that there's not a mm there's 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 sex right sex differences in certain yeah. behaviors at the cognitive level i would not say there's a a female way of being um of thinking right that, that that's overstated. yeah, yeah. In terms of the, right yeah.
1: um which would then, get into gender and and how females are, are expected and males are expected to act which would then filter their behavior um after the fact
0: right right and then in terms of like cognitive differences in rats for example are not not huge right there's some there's differences in you know hmm. aggression or um and a large larger that's circulating testosterone again that's a big part of that that aggressive behavior um but that you know it's not like and of course rats we can't study all the different cognitive processes in rats but um
1: mm-hmm. how do you it, study a cognitive the cognition of rats do you give them little math problems or
0: there's different um Tests either you know there's there's object recognition and um, okay. various um, yeah cognitive tasks that we can do. For example, you know, memory, learning, and memory. Oh, okay. Type of tasks that would yeah definitely not math.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So in terms of some of the things that we find, so the, one of the bigger gender differences, and I'm saying gender because that's typically how it's talked about, is like mental rotation um, in humans, like rotating a three-dimensional object. Hmm. Um, That kind of thing is hard. We don't have a model for that in rats. Um, Math ability is another one that is now looks like it might be partially, you know, at least in part influenced by um, society in terms of social expectations. Stereotype threat is a piece of it, um, at least. But there's another thing we can't study in rats either is, is math. Although you know, potentially there could be a, it would be, be tricky to do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay.
0: um, but so I'd say the for the the development of the brain, right? That's post um, just after birth, and that's when some things, so sex differences in the brain, some of them are set up or organized during that early postnatal life in terms of how that affects cognition. That's another, um, I wouldn't feel comfortable going to, to that, I guess that level, but you know, sex, it's, it's sex behavior. That's the easiest one to study, right? Um, male rats will grow up to exhibit male sex behavior and female rats go up. By
1: to- sex behavior, you mean sexual behavior? Sexual like behavior. Re- yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: Right. So that's hmm. one th- behavior. You know, it's a model, a model to look at sex differences. Is there something going on in the brain that's actually being organized or set yeah. up during early life that that causes those differences? And we can also manipulate that. Something we do is is hmm. mess with the system and see what can alter the brain. So this rat still is a, a male, but no longer has the same level of um, of sex behavior that he hmm. used to. Okay, interesting. Um, so it- and then one the we know that the so Those two different searches act at different times to masculinize different systems.
1: Okay. Yeah. And so uh, attraction or desire, I guess, I guess like just mating behavior is the correct term. Right. Is right. predisposed and and by development. Just that's yeah. one of the major, uh, I guess, one of the major uh, functions of sex differentiation is to cause sex to happen later on down right. the road.
0: Yeah. Right. Right. And then you could maybe see everything else just a side effect of that. I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. Um, and then there's some things that, again, act to decrease as others. So, right. Like there the might be a sex difference in social play behavior, but that would be even bigger if there weren't maternal care to dampen it. Right. So we don't always. Hmm. Um, but that's just a theory. I don't, I don't know.
1: <laughs> hmm. Are you uh, what's your next uh, project or are you finishing up a project now?
0: Um, I have a couple As this summer. I'm doing, I'm actually going to be housing rodents in different, um, conditions. I'm actually kind of trying to look at socialization in rats. Um, kind of, this is kind of off a little bit off the wall thing. I'm going to house hmm. them either with all females, all males or mixed sex. Um, and I'll actually look at their play behavior. So I'm looking at oh, kind cool. of the, the fraternity,
1: um, sorority kind of thing.
0: Right, right. Well, there's some theories that males, um, Hmm. One reason that male rats play more is that there's a social reinforcement of dominance effect that as they're they these male rats that get to be larger in size they're doing more pinning and more dominant um, play that that's actually reinforcing the social behavior. So I'm kind of trying to pick that part of it. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, would, would it be uh, would I be wrong or right or kind of right to say that in insofar as one receive one dominates some one rat, dominates another rat they receive some sort of pleasure from that and then that yeah. causes uh, a reinforcement of that which produces the higher likelihood that you can repeat that behavior. right
0: potentially And so we're getting into what, what the purpose of juvenile play is which is really a whole nother topic that people are studying is why do not just rats but like most mammals play during the juvenile period and part mm-hmm. of it is not to do then then it's rewarding um it's
1: yeah. But right. then, but then there's a question of how does that reward then influence further development, right? right? And what path that sets right. you up ongoing. going. Because yeah, you know,
0: that's probably important for. Um, and hmm. some theories are for you know potential male sex behavior, mating behavior. That's one theory, but um, potentially hmm. cognitive, cognitive behavior as well. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so that I'm also going to be looking at cognition across the estro cycle in the, in the in the fall, looking at wow. the um, changes in. Cognition, like it's and been... you say
1: every four days, that's the length of the cycle.
0: Four to five days, I believe. Yeah.
1: Okay. And how do do you know like how how big of a difference? Uh, I guess you're you're going to study how how big of a difference between every point of that cycle.
0: Yeah, I probably will mostly be categorizing, right? So like estrus phase, luteal phase are the phases okay. of the estrogen cycle. Um, I haven't quite figured out how will be able to just track phase or um, actually measuring hormones is expensive. <laughs> um, it's oh,
1: one.
0: yeah. Okay. To get hormone levels, which would be ideal, right, is in this group of rats that I have be able to look at, okay, hmm. what's your estrogen level right now? What's your progesterone level? Because they do vary quite dramatically. Okay, levels. they do. Um. Hmm. And the other option would be, because measuring hormones is expensive, is just to know you can do a a, a vaginal smear smear, and -hmm. look at um, what cell types are present to determine what phase they're in. So you can just say, okay, this rat's in a luteal phase right now, which, of course, is not as precise then. Um, Yeah.
1: So that just seems like a big project to extract all that data and do the experiment at the same time. Uh, to to measure not only the physiological uh, state of the rat but also the cognitive state of the rat is that what you're trying to build right? But that's people? I mean that's the
0: only way to study. Co- you know that wouldn't actually still just a correlational study, right? It's correlating. So the okay. other piece would be to actually um, hmm. remove the ovaries of the rat and give different doses of hormones, which is probably the, the second piece of that experiment. because That would be a you know a causal experiment of oh, okay. how do you, this level of um. Hormone affects cognition, um, but you have to do both, right? To have the link, in that case, you'd be able to have causality, causality um, of this hormone level of progesterone or estrogen or the combination of the two does this to cognition. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: well, wow. do you, do you have yeah. uh, a lot of underlings that help you with these experiments?
0: Yes, I have two over the summer. They're going to be oh, helping sweet. me out, and then during the school year, it's variable. Um, students here, are, I mean, is at it's, it's Evergreen as well, but uh, are busy, so um, yeah. But yeah, with that, with, I mean, and that's a big part of the research here is involving undergrads. It's one thing that was important to me. Yeah. Uh,
1: Because usually it's, it's the master's level students that are disinvolved with uh, an experiment.
0: Right. Which we don't have. Yeah. Master's students.
1: But then you can draw upon the the undergrads.
0: Right. Right. And, and for for me, it's undergrad. That was important. Part of my experience was doing research, Mm -hmm. um, well cool
1: um uh thanks for joining me
0: yeah thank you for having me